0: By their aid. And so my criticism has not proceeded from academic arguments, but from experiences which have forced themselves on me during ten years' earnest work in this sphere. I know that my experience in no wise approaches Freud's quite extraordinary experience and insight, but, nonetheless, it seems to me that certain of my formulations do present the observed facts more adequately than is the case in Freud's method of statement. At any rate I have found in my teaching that the conceptions put forward in these lectures have afforded peculiar aid in my endeavors to help my pupils to an understanding of psychoanalysis. With such experiences I am naturally inclined to assent to the view of Mr. Dooley, that witty humorist of the New York Times, when he says, defining pragmatism, "'Truth is truth when it works!' I am indeed very far from regarding a modest and moderate criticism as a falling away or a schism. On the contrary, through it I hope to help on the flowering and fructification of the psychoanalytic movement, and to open a path towards the scientific treasures of psychoanalysis for those who have hitherto been unable to possess themselves of psychoanalytic methods, whether through lack of practical experience or through distaste of the theoretical hypothesis. For the opportunity to deliver these lectures I have to thank my friend Dr. Smith Ely Jelliff of New York, who kindly invited me to take part in the extension course at Fordham University. These lectures were given in September 1912 in New York. I must here also express my thanks to Dr. Gregory of Bellevue Hospital for his ready support of my clinical demonstrations. For the troublesome work of translation I am greatly indebted to my assistant Miss M. Moltzer, and to Mrs. Edith Eder and Dr. Eder of London. Only after the preparation of these lectures did Adler's book, Über den nervösen Charakter, become known to me in the summer of 1912. I recognize that he and I have reached similar conclusions on various points, but here is not the place to go into a more intimate discussion of the matter. That must take place elsewhere. CHAPTER One, CONSIDERATION OF EARLY HYPOTHESES It is not an easy task to speak about psychoanalysis in these days. I am not thinking when I say this of the fact that psychoanalysis in general, it is my earnest conviction, is among the most difficult scientific problems of the day. But even when we put this cardinal fact aside, we find many serious difficulties which interfere with the clear interpretation of the matter. I am not capable of giving you a complete doctrine elaborated both from the theoretical and the empirical standpoint. Psychoanalysis has not yet reached such a point of development, although a great amount of labor has been expended upon it. Neither can I give you a description of its growth, Abovo, for you already have in your country, with its great regard for all the progress of civilization, a considerable literature on the subject." This literature has already spread a general knowledge of psychoanalysis among those who have a scientific interest in it. You have had the opportunity of listening to Freud, the real explorer and founder of this method, who has spoken in your own country about his theory. As for myself, I have already had the honor of speaking about this work in America. I have discussed the experimental foundation of the theory of complexes and the application of psychoanalysis to pedagogy. It can be easily understood that under these circumstances I fear to repeat what has already been said or published in many scientific journals in this country. A further difficulty lies in the fact that in very many quarters there are already prevailing quite extraordinary conceptions of our theory, conceptions which are often absolutely wrong, and unfortunately wrong just in that which touches the very essence of psychoanalysis. At times it seems nearly impossible to grasp even the meaning of these errors, and I am constantly astonished to find anyone with a scientific education ever arriving at ideas so divorced from all foundations in fact. Obviously it would be of no importance to cite examples of these curiosities, and it will be more valuable to discuss here those questions and problems of psychoanalysis which really might provoke misunderstanding. A change in the theory of psychoanalysis. Although it has very often been repeated, it seems to be still an unknown fact to many people that in these last years the theory of psychoanalysis has changed considerably.